1: to
2: play pinball And put in your earplugs Put
1: on your eye shades You know where to put the cork.
3: Welcome to the Tom Dupree show. Joining us this week are Darsh Meshru, Philip Sexton, Mike Johnson, and without further ado, our host Tom Dupree.
2: Welcome. We got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about the stock market and different investing patterns and techniques and viewpoints on how people look at things. Uh and we have, we we like to read from articles because um, they tend to give us an insight into how people are thinking. We use the article kind of as a launching pad, and then we we take off. Um, and there, here's an article uh, that was published on August twentieth. In money watch dimensional fund advisors, founder David Booth value stocks. Time has come. First of all, I'd like to say about David Booth. He's the guy for whom the business school at the uh, university of Chicago is named. He's given them a lot of money. His fund group dimensional fund advisors has taken a little bit of a hit in recent years. I think they're managing a lot less than what they were at yes. one point.
1: Because they've been a traditional, uh, just mutual fund, uh, group and uh, a lot of money has flown into ETFs here recently. And also they have more of a value tilt
2: and that has not been as hot. perhaps yes. One of the things that he's saying, um, uh, is it uh, studying financial markets for 50 years teaches you anything? It's to keep things in perspective. Well, how many people do you know that have a 50 year perspective? Not most investors. Well, somebody's getting close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've changed my perspective several times during that time. I guess I've always known it helps to show up for work. Yeah. And, you know things like that. During times of great uncertainty, like we're experiencing now, investors may feel tempted to project today's headlines forward or forget the useful lessons we've learned from the past. Now, let me say this. In, uh, in 1982, when um, interest rates on longer-term bonds were, were double digits, Let's say that interest rates on a long-term treasury might be 13%. At the same time, interest rate on T-bills and very short-term stuff was closer to 17%. And it was very difficult to to convince clients or anybody that it was wise to to go ahead and buy the long-term bonds Because interest rates were not going to remain at those levels forever. And if they tied up longer-term paper, or paper we used to call them, back when bonds were actually printed on paper, uh, that they would uh, benefit and be able to lock in that yield for much longer. People simply couldn't see that. They thought I'm going to stay in a money market fund or short term bills making 15, 16, 17%, which is higher than a 30 year bond is paying because this time next year, rates might be at 25%. You know, they, they were extrapolating recent market behavior. Uh, out longer well, on on Go top ahead. of that too uh, how long how long
4: had the bond market been in a bear market during that time of darsh i mean because what are you we're asking in, him for because he's the historian <laughs> but like we're 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 in a uh or or tom we're in a what a forty forty 40 plus year bull, bull mark. market for bonds so b- bonds are much more different than equities in that sense that you know when yeah there's times where interest rates dipped you know in that time frame but they continued to keep setting new highs each each year and that was Well the bear market
2: for bonds was much quicker. In other words interest rates went sky high in about 4 years. And the bull market has taken forty years. I mean, now rates weren't as low as they've gotten uh, in the seventies. They were still around six or seven percent, and then they climbed up to fifteen percent. But it took about three or four years. But it's taken forty years for uh, interest rates to go from fifteen percent to you know one.
4: See, and I would argue, even though that from the Great Depression until the eighties, that was you, one could argue was a, a, a bear market the entire time because in especially stocks. No, in, for, for bonds, because especially in longer term dated
2: bonds, you know, it, yeah, it, but it was a very slow bear market. Yeah. See what happened was when the United States went to Vietnam, they did a lot of deficit spending in order to support the war effort. And it became immediately, you know, within a few years, the um, effect of that became immediately apparent in inflation. For some reason, these days you haven't seen an immediate inflationary effect of deficit spending. I don't know why
1: you might say that is true, but it hasn't occurred. Right. So I, I would say even before uh, the Vietnam War, and you're right, you know, that's when uh, deficits increased. But even before that, when Lyndon Johnson was president, he had this, uh, I think it was called the Great Society. Yeah, it uh, was uh, it, it was just welfare on yes. steroids. For so that then. also increased uh, deficits quite a bit. And then the Vietnam War and then there was the uh, Yom Kippur War when there was a supply side shock to crude oil where uh, oil prices shot up uh, the oil embargo basically. Yeah, 73. Right. <clears throat> so all these factors, you know, I think at that point, uh, a big reason was the supply side where, uh, commodity prices shot up because there was a, a constraint in, uh, commodity, uh, supplies at the same time, deficit spending was high. Um, uh, and, overall debt uh, in the economy wasn't that high, which means that uh, the, you know, debt wasn't necessarily deflating at that point. Average household didn't have a lot of credit card debt, right? Big mortgages and things like that. Right. So the, the environment was very conducive to, you know, inflation going up. Uh, And when you look at the situation today, you know, debts are extremely high. So, you know, if there's overall high levels of debt, whether it be consumer debt, business debt, uh, the debt by itself, when it's being paid off, tends to be deflationary. So if the, sup- the overall supply of debt starts declining, whether it be through payoffs or defaults, that tends to create deflation. At the same time, we are in an environment where th- there are no supply constraints uh, for commodities. In fact, all of the last decade, there was... Uh, uh, commodity prices kept declining because there was a lot of supply of different commodities. Um, and that combined with the fact that uh, demographics are quite different today than they were in the 70s. Yeah. The US is an aging society where uh, the spending on certain uh, you know, things declined quite a bit, whether it be homes or you know just different things. You could argue that as the millennials get older, they might start spending on these things and that could create inflation. But over the last decade, uh, and really since, uh, you know, uh, the early eighties, when there was, uh, a supply shock, we've been in an environment where, uh, commodity, uh, prices have, uh, you know, declined overall. Uh, and, uh, they they're just, you know, the, the conditions were not, uh, today are not the same as they were back then.
2: Um, one of the things that this article says that we're talking about uh, is talking about value stocks versus uh, growth stocks. Well, we've seen, you know, even in this latest market, uh, growth stocks get to some pretty insane valuations. Uh, and, and I'm not even, you know, you, 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 you could say Apple's really expensive, but Apple is a real company that makes real products, but Tesla doing what it's doing. This is not, I mean, this is sort of borderline a real company. Um, And they, they make products, but they borderline make a profit. And uh, you know, the, the stock has been driven to levels like nuts. And what we have said to, to our investors and anybody that'll listen to us is that we believe that there's going to be a reversion, uh, to other kinds of stocks that, um, are a real business and make real money and, and, and create real products and services that people use on a, on a daily basis. And I'd just be interested in, what you think about it, Mike, <laughs> uh, th- this is interesting. Yeah, if you look at, uh, <clears throat>
5: valuation metrics. So if you look at the average PE of the S and P 500 right now, uh, it's around 25 right now times earnings. Yes. Um, you compare that with, uh, the S and P growth ETF, which, uh, that has an average PE of thirty one and a half. So that's comparing growth to the normal, right. uh, S and P uh, S&P 500. Then the S and P 500 value ETF has an average P of 19. So you compare value to growth, both S and P 500 is just weighted one toward value one towards growth. You're looking at 19 versus 31 and a half. That is a huge discrepancy. Um, a huge variation, um, growth always has a higher multiple than value. Uh, that's why there are growth stocks, but that kind of a discrepancy, that's what's abnormal right now. Um, so the question we've been asking is, okay, is it just that growth is overvalued? Is value undervalued? Is it a combination of the two? And when we're looking at companies or sectors, yeah, you know, we're we're finding areas that, on an absolute basis, things look cheap. Yeah, look undervalued, and then almost across the board, relative to growth, value looks cheap. Right. Um, and so, if you go back, this this was an interesting uh, study. You go back uh, to 1926, and this this study went through June of 18. I bet it's an Ibbotson. I bet it, the
2: numbers were were Ibbotson
5: original. Uh, uh, this is a Fama French returns. Okay, this is where the data came from. Uh, but on a rolling ten year period, um, value has outperformed growth 84 percent of the time on a rolling ten year period from 1926 to 18.
2: So. When we're talking about value stocks, what we really mean are stocks that are, I mean the nature of value is that they are less in favor than growth stocks. Right. You know, in other words, you can typically buy a dollar's worth of earnings by buying a value stock cheaper. That is at a lower multiple, than what you would have to pay to get that same dollars worth of earnings from a growth stock. So there is inherent in the purchase of a growth stock is the supposition of the greater fool theory. Mm -hmm. It is supposed that someone will pay more. It's not supposed that the earnings are going to suddenly jump up, although they do expect the earnings to increase, but there's there's a supposition there that rather than the earnings increase rapidly in order to bring that PE up to where it would be a value stock, um, there's this idea that there's somebody else that's gonna pay you more for that stock. Because it is sexy or you know in in the in the club if you will value stocks tend to not be in the club they tend to be unloved um and you can get earnings
5: cheaper by buying value You, you you with growth you make two assumptions the growth aspect of their earnings and then you're making the assumption on the the length of time that it will grow because when you're extrapolating out the, the, the multiple it's, it is that growth expectation, but either, like you said, either a quick jump in growth or it's a higher rate of growth a quick jump in earnings growth. uh, Yeah. Excuse me. uh, Or a long period where it has higher than average.
2: But there's also built into that an assumption that the PE is going to get bigger, right? Because. Nobody's going to jump their earnings that fast, probably to, to pull that PE down, you know, Mm -hmm. there there's, there's the thought in there. Somebody's going to pay more for this stock than than I'm willing to. Right. And that is unpredictable.
4: Well, you, you hit this stage of euphoria is what ends up happening. And and that's what y'all have been talking about. But so I pulled this up too. You use Tesla as a prime example. So, I've got Toyota in front of me, which is one of the largest car manufacturers in the world. Um, I don't know if they're number one, uh, but I know that they're top three for sure in terms of auto, you know, t- market share globally. So they have a market cap, which is the total value that the stock market perceives the company being worth, of one hundred and eighty-six billion dollars and some change. They're price-to-earnings ratio is 8.18, which basically is telling you that that company is making about $21 billion, or give or take some some change in profit. Now, when you go to Tesla, on the other hand, so $182 billion market cap for Toyota, Tesla's market cap is $382 billion. They have a price-to-earnings ratio of 1,061. So that's telling you that they're making... Oh gosh, what is that? Nothing like what? 30 million. Yeah. About 30 million,
2: 30 million in profits. Million, yeah. If that's real profit, if it's not based on selling carbon credits or some BS like that, yeah. that, that, you know, <laughs>
5: <laughs> right. Well, in, in 2019, Toyota sold about mil 11, 11 million vehicles and Tesla sold 300,000. Yeah in 19
2: and it's worth over twice their market cap is twice more than twice what toyota's is correct so so for
4: for that to continue back to what mike was saying you and what you were saying tom is that you've got to assume somebody's going to pay more you know and that that's not a game that you can really play when yeah you know when you're talking about this is money that you've worked your entire life for um and you're ready to retire that's not a game you can play with that with that
1: money because you have no idea if it's going to continue none i mean so typically what happens with these growth stocks and we we saw something similar in the late 90s uh you know there is a new technology and you know i i honestly believe that tesla is here to stay i don't think it's going away uh, it is the future in some ways, you know, as far as the technology goes. But I have no problem with Elon Musk. I think he's an incredible marketer, and he gets things said the way he wants them said. Right. Um, what What usually happens is that the s- story, and this this has happened with internet stocks in the '90s. It happened with uh, you know telecommunications stocks back in uh, the s- '70s uh and it's happened with railroad and canal stocks you know when railroads were so there's a new technology and the new technology uh is very appealing everyone thinks that this is game-changing which it usually is but people get over enthusiastic about it and you know keep bidding the price higher and higher Uh, at some point uh there is mean reversion where you realize okay this technology is here to stay but you know it may not be worth a uh, uh, fifty multiple—it's just worth a twenty-five uh, multiple.
4: It, like like Microsoft back in two thousand, you know. Cisco, uh, Cisco. Th- these Intel, were yeah. game-changing technologies, but their prices were cut in half right. in a matter of three years.
3: Well, we can go to break right now we're about thirty seconds early, but <laughs> you are listening to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. Coming to you from the Dupree Financial Studios on Main Street. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay tuned. This is now. Kamala Harris as Vice President, Assistant for those who are
0: unemployed. Stop the violence. The latest on all this coming up at the top of the hour. Let's break this down. Because this matters. News Radio 630 WLAB.
2: We live in uncertain times. It is not uncommon for investors to be fearful about the equity markets and what they may or may not do. At Dupree Financial Group, we are here to act as a sounding board for our clients and prospects as they seek to develop understanding of how to proceed with their investments. Since we are in uncharted waters, our efforts are to educate, guide, and empower our clients. Despite the unique nature of today's investment climate, there are parallels with past markets that can be drawn. We can share some of these ideas with you. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Pre Financial Group at 859 233 And be sure to listen to the Tom Depre Show, Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Pre Financial Group at 859
0: <laughs> 233 iHeartRadio is the number one choice for music, radio,
2: and podcasts, all in one. No one makes it easier to hear everything you love in one free app.
4: It's all right here.
0: My favorite radio station.
4: It's every song that I've hit that thumb
0: up button thing. It's a perfect mix of my favorite songs. You know, I like listening to my stations from back home. So I feel like I'm going somewhere. <laughs> it's the only way I can get a vacation.
3: iHeart has it all.
2: If you're not one of the tens of millions who have the app, download iHeartRadio for free today and start listening.
3: iHeartRadio. When you're stressed,
1: you just don't feel like yourself. New Natrol Relaxia, a full line of drug-free supplements to help you manage occasional stress and anxiety. A special blend of herbals keeps you feeling calm and balanced throughout the day. Because when there's less stress, there's more you. Try new Natrol Relaxia. Learn more at relaxiamood.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Community Trust Bank is pleased to announce that all of
0: our branch office lobbies are now open during regular business hours. We remain committed to the health and safety of our communities and are committed to maintaining a safe environment for both our employees and our customers. The drive through at all of our branches remain open during regular business hours. You can also make an appointment with our staff by calling your local branch. For location, hours, and phone number of your local branch, please visit our website, ctbi.com.
2: Community Trust Bank. Building communities built on trust. Member FDIC. Equal housing lending.
0: Under. Score your virtual ticket to be a part of music history on the Capital One Fan Wall. An interactive video experience with our superstar 2020 iHeartRadio Music Festival lineup. Win your front row seat at iHeartRadio.com festival.
5: I just stopped at Ariat Brand Shop at the Summit at Fritz Farm and got some awesome new clothes and shoes. It's Drew Franklin, and I just love my new tech
0: polo, jeans, and cruisers, all from Ariat. And right now you can save 20% off men's casual shoes at Ariat Brand Shop.
5: We'll have another active day of scattered showers and thunderstorms out there. Won't be raining all day. We'll still feature some dry time, but if we see those storms, we'll be able to produce uh, heavy rainfall and some localized high water issues will be possible as well. As far as highs today, going to be staying on the semi-cooler side. Highs only topping out into the upper 70s and lower 80s. From the WKYT First Alert Weather Center. I'm meteorologist Adam Bernstein.
0: Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station.
2: The Pete and Sebastian Show with Pete Corielli and Sebastian Maniscalco. It's the weekly podcast where two A list comedians talk about anything and everything. I, I
0: just got in a huge fight with my wife, and oh, she's like, But you're going to go laugh with Sebastian? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Have you ever, like, self-diagnosed your own x-ray? Only my teeth I look at when the dentist is gone. Listen to the Pete and Sebastian show on the iHeartRadio app.
5: This is exciting!
0: Or wherever you get your podcasts. Hiring can be tough, but there's one place you can go where hiring is smart, where it's efficient, where businesses are connecting with qualified candidates. It's called ZipRecruiter. Codable co-founder Gretchen Huebner knows firsthand after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow her education tech company, she switched to ZipRecruiter to find a qualified artist. She saw an immediate difference. She hired the right person in less than two weeks. She was surprised to find so many qualified applicants on ZipRecruiter. Now, that's because ZipRecruiter does not depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And that's in addition to posting the position on more than a 100 of the leading job sites. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Put ZipRecruiter to work for you. Try it free now at ZipRecruiter.com slash rush. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash rush. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire.
2: Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401k and 403b plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859 400 Also, be sure to listen to The Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859 400
0: 630 WLAP. <laughs>
3: Welcome back to the Tom Dupree show. We're in the second half of the hour. Uh, I'm going to toss it on over to Tom Dupree, our host, and this is powered by Dupree financial group.
2: Okay. We're going to stick with, uh, this theme of value stocks. Why do we do this? Well, this is how we invest. Um, it's an article from, uh, looks like, uh, I think this is Money Watch also. Uh, value stocks which trade lowest to growth stocks since 2001 look like a smart play as the economy rebounds. Value stocks have started to perform better than growth stocks. Some investors argue, this is by Philip Van Dorn, uh, some investors argue that marks a trend. Growth stocks springing mainly from the technology industry now have sky high valuations after a robust rebound since the March lows. That's that's putting it mildly. (laughs) Uh, value stocks are getting a second look as beleaguered industries rise out of the doldrums brought about by the COVID 19 recession. Um, Over the past week, this was through August 11th, the Russell 1000 value index has returned 2.8%, while the Russell growth index was down 1.4. Diana Jaffe, a senior portfolio manager at TCW Group, said in an interview that valuations for value stocks as represented by the Russell 1000 value index are the most attractive they have been relative to the Russell 1000 growth index since 2001 uh, Mike uh, you know uh, we we put together these portfolios for people talk a little bit about you know some of what goes into that and not just the ETFs but what's in the ETFs right absolutely
5: so Um, when we're we're dealing with people's retirement money. Um, the question is how much are you paying? What's the valuation for the companies that you're buying in the portfolio? Um, so we look for areas that are undervalued that are value sectors. Um, Right now, we've we've seen companies, uh, you know, banks. Um, we we read an interesting article. Philip uh, shared it this morning. Um, how banks are reacting uh, with uh, this uh, ninety or this forbearance program that the government's put in place. Um, long story short,
2: and explain what a forbearance program is uh,
5: on mortgages, where they don't have to pay their mortgage payment for a certain period of time. Okay. Um, Well, banks are able to use this to their advantage. Um, Long story short, they can buy uh, Jenny Mays uh, at par when these things were trading at a premium prior. Yeah, It's a way that they can be very profitable to not exploit a situation, but be profitable. They see an opportunity. banks have a lot of
2: different ways of
5: so are you saying
2: that the price of Jenny Mays has come down because
5: as, as of now no so what but they could because of essentially it's a it's a call provision essentially yeah. is what it is
4: yeah so basically what the bank it's got to be 90 days of delinquent payment yeah, and then they can go into the, the mortgage backed security and actually pull the individual mortgage out and swap it for Jenny's at par. Yeah. Th- yeah. And what they're able to do, so the government's <laughs> giving them a put option
2: basically and swap a, a call option. I didn't know that a call option. So that they know go- it's a put option. Cause they're taking that bad mortgage and putting it back and getting a Jenny may in return for it. No, no, that, no, 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 It's a,
4: the opposite. It's a call. So they're going out and buying it out of the MBS at below value. So if you've got a three and a half, if you've got a three and a half percent MBS that's trading at one oh four. Okay. For example, but there's a mortgage in there that's delinquent, one mortgage, the bank can go and pull that out at par at really? at a hundred. And why
2: would they want a delinquent mortgage on their books?
4: Because there's I mean there's like 8% of all mortgages out there that are in this defer deferral program yeah. if they become uh, what's the word re uh, reperforming read, right if they become reperforming they immediately reprice back to
5: 104 okay. the bank picks up four points without even so it's not a riskless trade yeah uh, cuz the thing could it, they like could default. default yeah um, but it is Likely that they would go back to the premium where they were. All all that being said, that's just one example of one specific industry where we're seeing value. So you're you're able to buy the earnings of that company at very low prices today. Uh, Very cheap. Yeah. Um, Insurance companies and insurance companies have issues. um, You know with if they're underwriting, if there's issues there, uh, with interest rates, it's their float portfolio is not as attractive as it has been in the past. But if you look at valuations, price to book values, it's, it's a, an area that's hated. So we're looking well, at, I,
2: I would argue like in the case of Berkshire Hathaway that their float float portfolio is like a daggone weight tied around their ankle. I mean, it, it's, it's it's becoming like a black hole. It it produces no income at all at this. If you're going to keep it in T bills like what he's doing, right? And maybe you know, may,
5: who knows? You know, if that what kind of opportunities they yeah, find. I they mean, they need to buy something. They've been buying a lot of Bank of America. Um, you know, Apple. You know, ton of Apple stock, and that actually wasn't Buffett. That was one of his lieutenants. Yeah. Um, but all these different areas. When we're looking for something for our clients, we're trying not to overpay for something, a company with a a more consistent type of business, um, preferably they pay dividends because the dividends, that's still a big portion of the portfolio. You know, you have the, the income part and then you have hopefully the price appreciation part. Um, so it's a combination of all those things. And we take all that into account when we're putting it together. Right.
1: Well,
4: I mean, on on top of that too, you know the you're talking about price appreciation. You know, I think one of the big things, and this is what we're talking about in the first hour, that you know we're very cognizant of is the opposite of that, the price depreciation, <laughs> right? You know, and, and you've seen kind of the, this this delinking between the economy and the stock market. But the delinking was caused by tech stocks. Tech stocks. Now, the there's always a flip side to this, and this is what you know. Adarsh was getting at in the first the first segment is that you go back in history and you look like 2000 is a prime example of when this euphoria took about like oh look at all these great tech stocks, you know, and and they keep going up, and you know it's it's a game of hot potato at that point. Eventually. It, some of, you know, Tesla, I don't think it's going bankrupt. Amazon's not going bankrupt. You know, the, these companies don't I'll go. i bet bankrupt. you
2: Tesla goes bankrupt. Ooh. You bet me Tesla goes bankrupt. I don't think they have a sustainable long-term business plan. What's, what's the bet? Lunch at Carson's. No, it's going to be more than that. <laughs> All right. Well, Dinner Tony. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't think they can make it. Okay i don't think it's sustainable
4: i'll I'll take it i'll take the bet
2: it's you know what's going to happen somebody other car company is gonna step in and do it the right way it's just like with the when the uh ibm started the pc ibm does not make pcs anymore other people started making them it's a They've been making them the same way since they started making them in, back in mm-hmm. 86. They just keep putting a different microprocessor in them, but you know, to yeah. but IBM pretty much, and then now they aren't the, the, the deal anymore. IBM. I don't know what they do anymore. It's a cloud. I think, but Watson. yeah, Watson, that's helpful. <laughs> um, um, but I don't think Tesla will make it. First of all, Elon Musk is a smart guy, but he's a loose cannon. He goes on Joe Rogan smoking pot. I mean, you know, you saw that.
4: That stock went higher the next day.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Then he said, remember he said they were going to take it out at $420 a share because that was the dope smokers day, uh, uh, April 20th. I don't think that guy, I think he's like, he's worse than Steve Jobs. It's more brilliant in some ways, but I don't know if he's a good CEO long-term.
4: Well, I, I think they make it. I'll take the bet. But beyond this, <laughs> I think that at some point you're going to see I don't know where the market cap I'm being
2: rhetorical I don't know. know
4: where the market cap peaks. If it peaks at 450, 500 billion, 600 billion, but at some point when it hits that peak.
2: You long the stock?
4: No. What 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 happens? <laughs> heck no. What happens at some point when it hits that peak and that's that's why I'm not long the stock is that you see it get cut in half. You know, 2000 is Something's a prime example. Happen. You look at these companies that are <coughs> leading now. I mean, you look at Microsoft. Microsoft is is it the second or the third biggest company in it's the, in the world?
1: It's the third. I think Amazon's higher.
4: Amazon. It. Okay, so it's the third biggest company in the world. You go back to 2000, it was the biggest. It was the biggest yeah. company. But then you go to 2009, it was it, it was barely in the top ten. Its value from 2000 to 2009
2: was cut in half. Well, okay. Look, I'm I'm gonna tell you, and I saw it, and you all did too apple what was it 10 12 billion dollar market cap Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they they have this girl dancing a silhouette and she's listening to an ipod Mm -hmm. and that was the beginning of it for for apple it wasn't the iphone it was the ipod and then it it went into you know the iphone and and which did But the start of it was the iPod and Apple was a little one long computer company that made a computer that a few people used that liked it, you know, the Mac and, and then, you know, now you're worth one and a half trillion or whatever based on the iPod and its successor, the iPhone. it it, it's all it takes and then you you look at microsoft what jacked it from where it was you know software sales were kind of flat Mm -hmm. because nobody was buying pcs yeah cloud
4: but what i'm getting at is that microsoft really didn't make it back to its 2000 level high for what was it like 17 years
2: but it didn't make it back there based on uh pc Put stuff PCs. in PCs. Well, Intel just d- got back to it. Yeah. 20 years. It's all about the cloud. That's what it is for Amazon. You think they make money selling $4 books, you know, from independent sellers and stuff like that? They don't and make That's it any how money. that
4: company started. Yeah. That's book, how it started the with book business. was just books. And actually, if you, do, if you do a little research, you'll see that there was an inflection point that market share gains in book sales actually inflected on amazon back towards barnes and noble where there's a point in time where you can't you can't grab that extra ounce of market share and and get that extra economy of scale so even something like amazon there's got to be something next in the pipeline for them you know i mean they've got prime video now Prime, is it prime music, I think. They've got all kinds of different... They don't
2: even come close to making the kind of money they make on that stuff as they do on the cloud.
4: I know, but that's that's what I'm saying for them. That's the
2: stuff you see.
1: What we don't see is the big sales of the cloud. AWS. Yeah. And uh, Netflix is powered by AWS, so that's... Right. right. Look at all that. I mean, you know...
2: You know, a big idea... We're talking about value, and yes, these companies are, are valuable, but it takes a big idea to break out. You know, and it's, sometimes it's a very, very simple idea. Very simple. And it, it, I remember when in 1985, Coca Cola uh, attempted to change the taste of their syrup of their of their beverage and uh i think it was gozieta who was the president he basically nearly lost his job he was very the new coke yeah they they came out with the new coke horrible reception and you know, they did all these mea culpa's we're sorry. And, and they still tried to save face instead of getting ridden, rid of it completely. They started classic Coke back, which was the old Coca-Cola, you know, and ultimately they had to get rid of the whole thing cause it was not any good. And that was about to screw up a really, really good idea. You know, the economy is based on simple good ideas well that's why government doesn't understand
4: well i mean if you want to go even like if you want to go way deep in history you think of like leonardo da vinci and his flying machine idea think of how many billions of maybe even trillions of dollars has been made off of that idea alone
2: yeah but nobody actually flew till about 300 years later
4: but the idea was the the right brothers flew
2: for for like 20 yards
4: yeah but think of how much like technology and adaptation happened over that time frame and now here you've got boeing airbus now you got delta american they all airlines fly the same plane. southwest and yeah but i mean think about all the billions of dollars that was made off of the back of that one
2: idea the idea that man could fly you know and, and da vinci had a lot of projects he was a little bit ADD. I mean, you know, <laughs> he he had a ton of projects, but you know, he he was a polymath, if you will, just like Ben Franklin. Ben Franklin, same way. Hmm. Never ran for anything, but said he would always serve if uh if asked. But uh,
5: keep you know saying, you know, keeping things simple. Simple ideas what we're doing for our clients really is a simple idea. All these things that these companies did, simple ideas, hard to execute. Now, we try to keep the premise of what we're doing simple. You know, there's a, there's fine details in all of it, but try to keep it simple. We're, we're trying to buy things cheap, buy companies cheap. Um, if you buy something cheap, there's more of a margin of safety
2: on that nothing's really cheap right now i mean cheaper than
5: well i mean when you're looking at a 19 multiple versus a 35 multiple um they're not as cheap things are not as cheap as they were five months ago but um it's still you you're looking at things that haven't recovered from where they were right back uh you know that are down for the year and so you you still have this bad news that's priced in and the market's looking for clarity on certain issues, you know, with banks or, you know, a a number of these sectors that really anything that's not tech, the market's looking for clarity on something. Right. Um, And so our job very simply is to, you know, invest our clients' money in things that we're not overpaying for and to try to take a long-term Uh, view and not focus on day-to-day, week-to-week, quarter-to-quarter, you know, this is a long-term portfolio. Well, to your point, that 19
4: price-to-earnings multiple is based on 10% on employment, you know, much lower spending by employers on certain things. and, And, you know, basically, the earnings have declined on a lot of companies, leading to that higher multiple potentially. So, to your point, Mike, taking that long-term view, you have to ask yourself, is 10% unemployment permanent? You know, is COVID-
2: It's just like in the eighties when everybody thought
1: double-digit interest rates would be permanent. They thought they would be permanent. Right. Mm -hmm. And they weren't because things always change. um, And I'm sure they will this time around too.
4: We just went full circle. Yeah,
1: exactly.
3: (laughs) And it's really coming full circle now i need to read the disclaimer for the show i wish nothing on this show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities while stocks in the stock market will be discussed on this program check with your financial advisor or professional before investing we talked about a lot we talked about a lot of different companies and a lot of different um, ideas i hope you learned something today We'd love to hear from you. If you want to go to our website and click on the contact button, give us some ideas of what you might like to hear on the show in the future or some comments about what you heard on previous shows. We're here to educate, guide, and empower. We appreciate you listening. Come back again next week for some more of the Tom Dupree Show. We'll talk to you next week. Have a great week. The time and I told you just to let me be,
1: but I was so, alone.
2: so... my friend Joe Biden
0: sleepy Joe the countdown to November third continues. <laughs> On News Radio 630 WLAP.
2: Hi, this is Tom Dupree with Dupree Financial Group. Many people have 401K and 403B plans for their retirement investment accounts. In certain cases, our firm can help participants in these plans manage their investments. This can be helpful. Because those retirement plans often offer numerous different mutual funds as investment options, and unless the participant is an investment expert, it can be quite confusing. In this case, we put our investment expertise to work for you, the participant. For a free analysis of your retirement investment accounts, call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, Be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturdays from 7 to 9 a.m. at News Radio 630 WLAP or WLAP.com. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400.